Lord Jesus, as we, we've praised you and we've worshipped you. And, and right now, oh God, I pray as we just come around your word, I pray that, that Lord, your word, the, the Bible, the Lord, is, is living and breathing and active. It's just not a historic book, Lord, but it's, it's living and it's alive. And today, as we look at your word, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, oh God. Lord, would you help us for the things that we're facing and the things that we're going through and the, the celebrations and the hard stuff that we, we face every week, oh God. Lord, would you speak to each one real clear this morning, I pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hello, it's, man, it's so good to be home. It's so good to be home. I like my bed. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Here's the thing. This morning, uh, see, I don't know about you, but there's, there's been many times in my life when I look back uh, and and I, sometimes I just wonder, why did God allow that situation to happen? Or why did God uh, let me go through that? You know, one of the, one of the situations I can, I can remember was uh, being made redundant. And it was like, what the hang is going on there? I, was, I loved my job. I had a, had, a, had a great position there. And it kind of felt like I was learning and I was growing. And, and you kind of aspired maybe to be the boss there one day and then to get made redundant. And you sit there and, you, and when you hear those words, you, you, you sit back and you think, God, why did that have to happen? Why did, why did you let me go through that? And, and then there's other situations. I can remember in other situations where, where my, I have two much older brothers than me, and, and, and they made me, they made me drive a car without a license. <laughs> the reason they did that is mum and dad were at a prayer meeting, a great Christian family we are. Mum and dad were at a, at a prayer meeting, and my two brothers decided to take dad's for you, some of you true people, a Mori 1100 out for a ride while they were at prayer meeting. The only way they could make me be quiet was to let me steer the car up the driveway because I was four years old. <laughs> why did they let me, they, why, did God, why did God let me go through that? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. But my brothers put me through that and, and, and it's like, why, they, they, they made me do that because so their mum, if, if mum and dad found out, they would say, well, I was driving the car as well. I was four years old. I was four years old. Wasn't even close to getting my license. <laughs> but here's the thing. See, I think everybody in this room, we can sit back and we can, we can look at our, our journey so far, our lives so far, and, and, and ask that question, God, why did you let that happen? God, why did this happen to me? I think right across this room, we've all got stories or situations where that has happened. I was talking to a pastor friend the other day, and, and last week, and he was telling me about a couple in his church where, where they just lost a, lost a loved one uh, um, uh, to cancer. Like all of real, real sudden, you know, really fast, something could happen, and, and they were just devastated, and they were talking about the story of all of that, and, and how hard that situation was, and and as he was talking to them, they, they, they said to him, Pastor, is it okay for us to question God? And, and he kind of sat back and thought, what a great question. Is it okay for us to question God, to ask, God, why has this happened to me? God, why are you allowing this to happen? And, and as he sat back and thought about it, it was, there, was, there was just a whole range of emotions and feelings going on there. And, and, and the thing I want us to talk about today, it's not so much of the why, the question where we ask the why. Like, God, why did you let this happen? Why did that happen? Why am I here? Why am I in this space? Why, why, why? It's not so much about the why, but the question I want us to start thinking about and looking at today is, is the what question. And it's the question that goes like, God, uh, what is your purpose for me in this situation? 
What do you want me to see through this situation? Oh, what do you want me to learn as I journey through this? Because here's the thing, the more why questions we ask, the why question leads us to become frustrated and bitter at the situation that's happened. Because we start to get bitter at our people around us, maybe the people that caused it or the situations that happened. When we ask, why did they do this? Why did that situation happen? When the why question kind of leads us down a path that has no end to it, but it leads to, it leads to like a bitterness when God wants us to become better, not bitter. And so, but the what question, it helps us to, to see, okay, God, what are you trying to show me through this? Now, now I must say, I've... Uh, some of the situations that you hear and maybe you've been through and, and that I see are, are absolutely horrific. And, and right from the very start, I, I, like I, I, don't think, I don't think God sits up there with and like makes these little evil plans for everybody that, you know, that these bad things are going to happen. But, but here's the reality. We're, we do live in a fallen world and he does allow situations and circumstances and hard stuff, devastating stuff to happen. But he does do it out of love, that he will uh, guide us and, and he will lead us. One of the great things as I was reading through the, the story of Joseph this week, and, and you might not be a Bible person or know this story, but Joseph, as a young man, was sold into slavery. He, he was human trafficked. He was sold. He was, he was, basically, he was kidnapped by his own family and he was sent away and, and was sold, like on the black market kind of thing. And, and then he was, then he was accused. He, he got a, he got job. He got bought, and then he was accused. And and then he was, he was, uh, then he was thrown in prison. And, and all of these situations happened. But when you read that story, one of the things that I, I saw and it was really clear is that every time it says, "But the Lord was with Joseph." Here's the thing today. If you're right from the very start here, you, you've thought, "Okay, yeah, I'm going through a tough situation now. God, where are you? What are you doing?" He's there. I do know, I know it's hard to understand when we, we think about the wise God, where are you? When sometimes we can't feel him or we can't see him. But come on, that's where we've got we to trust in the word of God because the, the word of God says he will never. The word never in Greek means never. <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating. In, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, it means never. In Afrikaans, it means never. In Fijian, it means never. In English, it means never. He will never leave you or forsake you. It, it's, it's our battle that we have when we start to looking at the why is that for some reason in our, in our worldview, we think that well, something hard is happening, something bad is happening. God has left us. He, he's, he's kind of pushed this all on us and he's left us in alone like on a little island. He said he will never leave you or forsake you. Come on, God's, God's greatest goal for us is not about our comfort. It's actually about our transformation. And here's, here's one of the greatest things I've, I've kind of discovered this week, that transformation. Who, who knows here, we, we want things to happen really fast. We want things to happen really quick. Well, like we want to go to Harvey Norman's and you want to buy something with no money and no nothing and just walk out with it. We want it instantly. Here's the thing. Transformation is just not, what a, not a one-off event. So much I've discovered in my own life and as I've looked at, at scripture and looked at people, but it, it's something that happens on a daily basis. 
basis. Transfer. God specializes. Can I tell you today that God specializes in transforming people uh, to, to help change us and to become what? To become more like Him. Uh, he does this by alert, by allowing certain challenges and situations and conflicts, even storms, difficulties to come that in order to take us through this process. And, and this morning, uh, we're going to have a real quick look at, at the story of Jacob, and that's found in Genesis 31 and 32. So, so we're just going to pick out some verses here, but I want really love it if you check through that story during the week, because, because Jacob actually goes through five different things. We're going to call this this morning five different phases that, that God takes, uh, took Jacob through, but, but also that he takes us through in order to transform us. Here's the thing, let's get straight into it this morning. The first thing, the first phase in our transformation journey is, is our journey through conflict. Conflict. See, did you know, did you know that God often uses struggles with other people to get your attention? I think that's quite a high percentage, to be honest, but, but he uses, God uses other people uh, in our struggles with other people to get our attention on him to get our attention back on him. See, it's those times when the only thing you can do is pray because nothing else you're doing is working with that person. It's those times when the only thing you can do is to seek the Lord and ask for, uh, try and get some wise counsel. It's that situation when you're praying, God, you've got to sort that guy out. A lot of the wives may be here praying and say, God, you've got to sort him out. The husbands are there probably saying, God, you've got to sort her out. Uh, the parents are here saying, God, you've got to sort their kids out. You've got to sort everyone. God is, is here. And, and, and I want to tell you today that people, sometimes God allows conflicts in our relationships. Yeah, I hope that's not a surprise to any. That's probably not. But if you're right now, if you're going through a conflict in some kind of shape or form, I need to say this to you. Congratulations. <laughs> Here's the thing. As we go through this morning, you're going you're gonna to understand, you're going to see that that going through a conflict, especially relational, is, is or with workmates or with kids or with every, anybody in the, life, in the world, that is the first, the first stage, and God wants to change you, to transform you for the better. Jacob, let's have a look at Jacob. His whole life uh, can be summed up in this one word, conflict. Conflict with a capital C. This guy, this guy is constantly running uh, from conflict. He's, he, even when he was born, he was in conflict. His, he, was, uh, he was a twin, and he's, he's getting the, the, the birthing process is taking place, and, and, and Jacob is, is holding on to his, young, his brother's leg, who's coming out first, going to be born first. There's like conflict there. There's conflict with his, with his uh, father. There's conflict with his wife. There's conflict with his father-in-law. There's conflict with his brother-in-law. There's con uh, conflict with his brother. Even conflict with God. He, he just is one pile of conflict. And see, Jacob, Jacob was caught. There's a situation that we're going to pick up on where Jacob was caught like in a, between a rock and a hard place. Uh, he, he's got uh, two conflicts going on at the same time. One, one was with his father-in-law, whose name is Laban, L-A-B-A-N, and then with his brother, his brother Esau, and, and in your notes this morning, you, you'll see, let's read from Genesis 31, 1 and 2. It says this, it says, But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. See, there was bad blood between Jacob and, and, and Laban, his father-in-law. So Jacob decides to take everything he has gained and he's, he's got and, and get on the run to go, to go back home. So, 
So he runs from his father-in-law, and, and when Laban finds out about it, that Jacob is gone, taking his, his, his wives and his, his cattle and every, all his belongings, that he's gone. He, Laban, his father-in-law, decides, I'm, going, I'm chasing after this guy. We're going to go and find out what's going on there. So Jacob realizes that, but then the other side, there's Laban. And, but then Jacob realizes if he goes home, his brother is going to be there. And his brother wants to kill him as well from some of the decisions and some of the things that, that he's done. And, and so he's in this rock, between a rock and a hard place. And so, so uh, Jacob decides to send some, some gifts and some presents, if you want to call that, uh, forward ahead of him to his brother just to kind of test the water and see how he's going to react. And, and verse 6 and 7, it says, After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported this. Uh, we met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you. Well, that sounds promising. <laughs> on his way to meet you. Uh, he's got an army of 400 men, though. Uh, Jacob was terrified, obviously, at this news. And, and so he divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. On one side, he has his father-in-law coming to get him. On the other side, he's got his brother who's also coming to get him. There's no place to run. There's no place to hide. And, and, and Jacob is just reaping some of the consequences of his own choices that he has made. And, and how does Jacob decide to respond to this conflict? Well, he decides to pray. Let's park it right there. What a great decision to do. What a great thing to do, everybody. If, if, if you're facing stuff and, and, and you're looking everywhere else but, and not praying about some things, can I suggest today that go back home after our service and, and pray about it? Start praying. Pray before lunch and after lunch and before you go to bed and when you get up, pray constantly, specifically. Pray about your situations. We believe here in this church, we expect breakthrough. Uh, we don't pray just a, uh, prayers for just the sake of praying. The prayers is like ticking it off a list or checking the box or anything like that. Uh, we will always pray expecting Breakthrough. Amen. Why don't you try that? Why don't you try praying and expecting breakthrough in your situations as well? Jacob decides to pray. Let's read what he prayed in nine, uh, verse 9 11. It says, Then Jacob prayed, and O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, you told me, Lord, to return to my own land and to your relatives. And you promised me, I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all of the unfailing love and faithfulness you have showed to me, your servant said. But when I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I own nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and my children. See, here's the thing. He admits he finally admits his need of God. And, and he realizes that, that there's nothing he can do, that that's the situation that about is out of his hands and beyond him, and it's just out of control, and that only God can sort out this mess. I, I think that nothing will move your life, uh, move forward in your life until we realize that. We realize this fact that I cannot solve this on my own. We need a breakthrough. We need a miracle. Maybe you've been facing that this week. Maybe you've said those words, God, I need a miracle. I know I've said that a couple of times this week. God, I need your help here. I just, you know, it's that point where you just, 
you just even like mentally, you, you can't think of what to do even. You can't think of what to say. You're confused or you're distracted. Can I say that the, the God, the loving Father that I know, he wants to speak words of wisdom into your life. He wants to encourage you. He wants to make pour his love out on you. He wants to, you to know that he is with you. Matthew 5 verse 3, it says this, God blesses those who realize their need for him. Fantastic. The second thing, the second phase uh, in our transformation is our journey through crisis. Oh, this is getting better and better, isn't it? Journey through crisis. Uh, in phase one, we see him how, how, where it's about conflict with people. That's the first phase. In the second phase, uh, we see that it's, we see him in a crisis with God. I love how the message puts it here, and, and it's in your notes in 32 verse 23. It says, But during the night he got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 children. He, he had a big family. And he crossed the ford of, of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all his possessions, but Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. What a great picture of, there was a wrestling match going on here. It was a long wrestling match. It wasn't over and had 12 rounds of three minutes or anything like that. He was wrestling with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of its joint. See, Jacob's biggest struggle uh, was not that of his, his brother or his wife or his father-in-law. Jacob's biggest struggle was actually with God. His biggest struggle was with God. And, and we find this picture of him wrestling uh, with God like all night. And, and here's the thing. Have, how long have you been wrestling with God? I, I thought of two ways of putting it with that. Like, have you wrestled with God? Which is one point. But how long have you been wrestling with God? As well, I think we all go through those situations. It's those times when you just can't sleep because your mind is, is racing off and thinking about all the situations and, and what could happen, thinking about all the whys, not necessarily knowing the, the what's behind it and, and trusting God in it. And, and your mind comes constantly races. It's like you feel like between a rock and a hard place. See, there's people in this room and you're wrestling with God right now. I know you're wrestling with God right now. And I think God is up there. Remember, he's a loving father. He's not the, the evil master that's trying to that we see in the movies. He's a loving father when we have that perspective of that. And, and, and here's the thing. There's three simple words that I think is really, really important for us when we're in those times of wrestling with God. And it's simply this. I give up. You think about it when you're in a wrestling match, somewhere along the line, somebody says, I give up. If you're wrestling with God, uh, it's probably not a one-sided match for you. When we wrestle with God, I know the outcome already, the match, it's a match that you're not going to win. Come on, let's come into that point of coming to the loving Father and say, God, Lord, I, I give up. I know you're with me. I know you've got a plan and, and a purpose for my life, uh, but God, I need your help in this situation. Phase one is the conflict where we realize I cannot solve this on my own. Phase two is that crisis where I say I give up. The third phase is this. It gets better. Here we go. On the upside now. The third phase is our transformation. It's our journey to commitment. It's the stage where we, we come and we, like, we draw a line in the sand. It's where we say that I'm done with this. I'm done with 
or what my past has been or, or where I'm heading. I'm done with this. I'm drawing a line. I'm making a change. I'm going to make the change. And I am really serious about this. It's where we say that we're not going to let uh, our, our issues and our relationships uh, affect us or the relationship anymore. It's where we say those addictions that have me bound and I can't seem to break away from it. It's drawing a line in the sand and getting help and, and getting prayer and getting onto some programs. It's, it might be hard. This is another great one that I say quite lots. It might be hard, but I'm going to see this through. Commitment. See, look what happens next in the story uh, in Genesis 32, verse 26. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. Uh, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And I think maybe you're here and, and for far too long that you've been wrestling with God. And it's like, like you've been up all night wrestling, but you're not giving, you know, going to give an inch. You're not giving up. Maybe there's a challenge here for you today. And maybe it's, maybe it's simply this today. Maybe it's your day to make the decision where you say, God, I give up. I'm making that commitment back to you. It comes from conflict. The second phase is crisis. Third phase is commitment. Our fourth phase and our transformation is our journey through confession. Confession. Something very interesting happens to Jacob here. And, and in verse 27, it says, what is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob. See, the man asked Jacob, what, have you ever thought, why did this man ask Jacob what his name was? Uh, it's a bit of a strange request, and they've been wrestling all night, and now he's asking for, what is your name? And now, now here's the thing, I think God obviously knows his name, but there's a, there's a reason why God asked for Jacob's name, uh, because his name meant deceiver. Uh, his entire life was a lie. He, he lied his his whole life through situations and to situation from one conflict to another because he was a deceiver. He was a manipulator. And, and so God asked Jacob his name so that he would own up to who he was. That's what we call confession. When you own up to who you are or, or the, the stuff that we've done. See, all his life he has lived up to his name and he deceived his father, his brother, and, and lots and lots of people. And, and in those days, see, your name was your label. It was really important. Your name in the context of, of that part of history, there was like your brand even uh, for today. But when Jacob told God his name, it was like an act of confession. And because and when Jacob had been through every single one of these phases, the final phase, five, was able to take place. And the final phase is this, is conversion. Conversion band, you want to come right now just quietly, that'd be great. The fifth and final phase, or, or the fifth phase in our transformation is our journey to conversion. And in conversion, it's where we get a new identity. It's where the old self has passed away and there's, there's a new self that comes. And Genesis 28 and 30, it says, Your name will no longer be called Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel. Uh, Jacob named uh, this place Penile, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been spared. God uh, gave him a new identity. It's like conversion. And I was thinking in the old days when you, and uh, yeah, actually many years ago, many years ago when you, there was CNG, who can remember where you could take your car in and get a, a CNG or an LPG conversion? It's where they put this massive big gas bottle in your boot or underneath, and it was supposed to be a whole lot cheaper. Uh, and because what it would do, their gas was a whole lot cheaper, and they would convert a car from petrol to be able to use this gas. 
because the, the cost was, was so much more cheaper. And, and what, the, what ultimately happened is that the car would still work the same, but it ran on a different fuel. Conversion. God gave Jacob a new name called saying, your name will now be called Israel. He gave him a whole new identity. And, and I just wonder today, as we, as we think about, about conversion, and, and I think it's simply that it's like running your life on a different fuel. It's like running your name, having a, like they're transplanting the engine and, and taking one fuel source away that, that maybe you've, you've lived life on for so long. And, and it's create, finding this, this new fuel source that revives the engine, that, that takes it off into the future. Conversion is a change of fuel source. It's a part of the new identity that God wants to give us. And, and, and see, when, when people, it's the fav, my most favorite part of our service, it's the end of our service when, when, when times where people will put their hand up and they've been challenged, maybe they've been far away from God, maybe you've walked away from God, never, maybe you're here and you've never heard the name of, of Jesus before. And it's like, it's coming to that point and saying, God, I give up. I need you in my life. And I give my life to you. It's my favorite part of the story and favorite part of our service. Because here's the thing, when people accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are given a new identity. It's the part of their story that I love the most. And as we start to reflect this morning and on your situation and maybe the, the questions, your journey so far and maybe what you're facing this week, can I can I say, imagine, can you imagine what would happen in your relationships and maybe in your workplace or parenting or in your business? Just with that understanding of, of knowing that all those phases is not, why is this happening? But God, what are you trying to show me through this situation? Can you imagine what would happen in our, in our community, in our Maybe in, in, our, in our small groups as we, as we got honest with each other and to trusted people and it's almost like just to spill the beans and say, God, I, I, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Um, I'm facing this situation this week. Maybe I'm, I'm facing with my boss this week a meeting and it's just stirring me up inside. Well, can, can, you, can you help me? Can you, can you pray for me this week? I think there's a point in, in all our lives where, where we need to uh, almost like re-question our, our thoughts with God. And it's not so much about the why, but God, what are you trying to show me? Because what that does, it, it, it can give us a purpose uh, behind everything that helps us to see further than where we are. Because here's the thing, transformation is not a one-day process. It's not a one-off process. It's a daily event through our lives and, and this morning I just want to create just a little bit of space just right here just in one minute where I just want you to, to, to in your seat here let's just reflect on, on what God is saying to you right now what is, what is God what, what are the things that you're facing right now so maybe maybe in this time in this moment here, why, don't you, why don't you close your eyes I want to invite you to, to close your eyes or just to, just to have that little space around you right now to, to say God God, I, would you speak to me today? Maybe for some it's to say, God, I'm listening right now. I'm listening. 
maybe you've done all the talking and you're just not hearing what he just wants to say. Maybe for some, it's maybe your next step is to, is to just be real honest with God and, and, and it's just simply say, maybe this is where you're at, where God is. I just can't solve this on my own. I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm stuck. God, can you, will you help me? I need you, God. Maybe for others, you're, you're wrestling. You're wrestling with God and, and, and the next step in your journey and, it's, and, and it, maybe for some this is going to be like, you've you got to move a mountain here because you're, you're wrestling with God, but it comes simply by these three words that, God, I can't do it myself. I'm tired of wrestling. I give up. He will move in your situation. Maybe there's some more people here and, and your next step is simply to confess the real you to God. To confess the real you, the stuff that nobody knows. There's real power in confession. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to confess our sins. Praise your name, O God. Come right in this moment here as well. There's, see, God designed you with a plan. God designed you with a plan and poured out His love on you. His, his desire is to have a relationship with you and and maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I just don't, I don't know about any of these things that you've been talking about this morning. But see, here's, the, the Bible says that the, the truth is that sin separates us from God. And, and really, that's like our decision to go our own way. But the Bible says, when it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And, you see, God loved us so much, to, too much to leave us where we are and with all our, our, our issues and our, and our stuff that, that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross and, uh, so that He would carry uh, our pain, our sickness, our, our sin upon Himself. And, and He rose again in three days and conquered the power of sin. He offers us this free gift. And all we have to do is, is to turn from our sin and say, God, I'm giving my life to You today. It's just like saying, I've tried my way, it didn't work. So I'm giving my life to you today. I'm gonna to pray a real simple prayer. And, and, and if you would like to start that relationship with God this morning, or maybe you feel like you've walked away, you could just pray this prayer, just silently in your heart after me. Just pray this, pray, pray, dear Lord Jesus. I know that I've done things that are wrong. Thank you that you died to take away my sin. Please forgive me. I receive your forgiveness now. And today I declare that I want to live for you. Come and fill my life. I choose to depend completely on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Why don't we, why don't we celebrate? Can we have a round of applause for every person that's prayed that prayer this morning? Come on. What a great decision. What a great choice. And, that you've made this morning to follow Jesus. And, and now if, if you did pray that prayer, uh, we, we're going to sing one more time in a, in a second here and Denise is going to lead the last part of our service. But, but if that was you this morning, I, I, all I want you to do is just tell somebody this morning.
tell somebody about the decision you made. Maybe it's the person you come with today. Maybe it's uh, one of our team in a lanyard and a, and a black T-shirt because we would love to be able to pray with you and help you. Maybe that's the little orange card where you can tick that little box here so we can help you uh, later on in the week there. Uh, come on, let's pray. Father God, Today we praise you for your goodness, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you are with us, Lord God, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And, and Father, today we stand upon your word. We stand upon your goodness that you are a good, good Father, oh God. You've got great gifts for your children. And today for all of those that made that decision, Father God, I know that there's a party going on in heaven, Father God, for every person that has decided to make the change and to turn their lives around for you, Lord. So, Father, we praise you today. Lord, we give you all the glory in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Come on, everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Awesome message. Why don't we give Daryl a round of applause for that this morning? A great message. Lots of homework.